first focus on the mindset. What do you believe about yourself and about life? Because that's going to determine where they are going next. And then we look at um, what are their personal qualities and skills and how we can put that into a project or an online business. We let them grow that way. They can really become themselves and they can have their online business so they can have their freedom. You're listening to Ecomonics, a Debutify podcast, your resource for one-of-a-kind insights into the world of e-commerce and business in the modern age. This is Joseph. I'll be presenting a wealth of industry knowledge from interviews with successful business people and our own state-of-the-art research. Your time is valuable, so let's go. Have you heard of Chiang Mai in Thailand? If you're an adept, intuitive, and empathetic type, you might be there. It's where today's guest, John Mack, spoke to us from. This episode of Ecomonics definitely leans into the spiritual mindset element of our show, one that I feel is important to touch on when time permits, as the fullness of self is tantamount to a meaningful world around you and the ability to move forward in it. In addition to a successful web design business, John is also a big proponent of the nomad lifestyle, somewhat as a result of a thrust upon him at an early age. John Mack, it is good to have you here on Ecomonics. I've been uh, looking forward to this uh, interview. Not that I'm playing favorites or anything. I look forward to all my interviews. But uh, with each one, there are unique reasons why I look forward to them. And there are some unique ones about this one, too. So, I mean, how are you doing? It's good to have you here. How are you feeling? Great, Joseph. This is um, actually a pretty late evening here in Thailand, Chiang Mai. What, what time is it? It's uh, Now it's 10 p.m. 10 p.m., okay. Just past 10 p.m., yeah, so... This is a normal time for me, you know, this is the lifestyle. Okay, right on. Yeah, I, I mean, not to, uh, to keep our notes uh, too early on, but like I have like, I'm very like schedule orientated. Like I do like um, 10 to one, then break, then two to six, then break, then seven to 10, then break. And then I say I'm going to get to bed by 11, but it's anywhere between 12 and one, depending Forget on- Forget about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how it is for me. All right, here comes the melatonin. <laughs> Yes, there's a there's a lot I'm excited to get into. Um, and for our listeners, uh, for those of you who've been listening chronologically or just you know as often as uh, as you can, uh, you know that I'm a big fan of uh, this of spirituality, uh, and and not just because I I'm a fan of it, but also because I think in in business we need to really be well with ourselves inwards before we can do big things outwards, and so. There is reasons why I like talking about this stuff, and we'll get to that. I just wanted to prime you guys in advance. Uh, but first question, uh, John Mack, who, tell us who you are and what do you do? First of all, thank you so much for inviting me in here today. It's uh, nice to share my story uh, to more people because, and I can tell you, um, the lifestyle of, of, of having freedom and to work on your laptop is getting so popular right now. And uh, creating websites is one of the easiest ways, actually. So I guess, you know, I could, um, I like to start from the beginning. It all started when I was five. No, it's, um, <laughs> That's the well, beginning. actually, I, don't you have like five years? <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, I was, I was actually already five years old when I was born. That's, that's oh, okay. No, the thing is that I usually, I like to start from the beginning with my, with my story because I use it as an example of what's possible. Mm -hmm. And the thing with me is that um, I'm pretty indirect and rough and, and honest about my past and childhood and how things started out because it's not really a success story. Well, maybe it is now. I, I would call it a success story, but 
it was not it was not um a really it was not an easy start in life so mm-hmm. we um i come from a background where we moved a lot and there was a lot of um you know uncertainty um my mother had a way of sometimes just disappearing we were living with her alone a lot we traveled a lot and i have to say that you know i have a bunch of there's a lot of black holes in my timeline there's a bunch of stuff i don't remember which probably is um kind of a blockage safety mechanism i guess for my mind um but according to my sister we have been moving uh, 32 times 32 yeah and you know it includes um that includes living in in motels and in in tents at times at the worst times so um when i got older you know you you never i never had a home place you know you lost everything basically i lost everything all my life almost so we moved a lot with my mother. Later years, we came back down to the south of Norway. And um, it didn't go so well. My mother started drinking more, you know, and uh, we were mostly left to our, ourselves. And then my stepfather, number five, came into my life. Um, and things didn't turn out so much better. Uh, my mother got cancer, too. After a while, she died. We were sitting by her bedside um, at the hospital and watching her fading out, me and my sister. Um, she was taken by child welfare later. My brother got into drugs, uh, never really made it. He'd been living on the streets of Oslo in Norway for most of his life. You can say that um, it was a rough beginning. When I got rid of my stepfather, number five, I think I was um, 18. I was living up on the countryside alone, finally alone. It was scary in the beginning, but I was living in a shitty old house with my dog. Um, and that was the time when I started practicing taekwondo. For some reason, I had um, I had an special interest in taekwondo, but I didn't think I could find it in Norway at that time. But we actually had a, um, a class going on in my neighbor city. So I started, uh, and it became a huge success for me, and it probably saved me, I guess, because it became um, a life arena where where I got to practice my, probably the reason why I came to this planet, the way I see it, got to practice my my hidden qualities and skills. And after a year, I became a helper trainer. Um, me and a friend of mine that I started with, we, after a few years, we became the first black belt in the club. And I basically took over the whole club and became the leader trainer. And um, yeah, so it's been 17 years in total, total totally life, life transforming. But you know, with an Asian martial art, one of the true um, native martial arts, you have a lot of mindset work going on, discipline, routines, a lot of physical activity, of course, and practice and practice and practice, which balances not just your body, but your mind too. But all the administrative work as a leader was also really useful because to continue my story quickly, I could easily also say that I am not the typical and average guy in the street. I don't really fit into society's norms in a typical way. The school system is shit and um, having a job is not really for me. I've tried it. I've had, I've had my jobs. I've had it for many years. I've always been good at sticking with the jobs I had. The last one. The last job I had was actually at a hotel uh, in my city, hotel receptionist in the weekends at night with all this insane, you know, nasty shit that I had to deal with with people. So um, after five years, I quit um, 
I kind of had enough dealing with running a hotel by myself at night and the weekends. Um, especially after having a insane woman who wanted to kill me uh, because she escaped from the asylum madhouse. And um, I remember one time the uh, band leader for Bellamy Brothers came naked down in the reception one morning and had a chat with me before he went back up. Some of the typical things at a hotel. <laughs> so Somebody's dragging a TV out of there and be like, oh, it's complimentary. They expect you to take this. Yep. <laughs> he was so casual about coming naked down 6.30 in the morning. And after 10 minutes, he asked, oh, by the way, do you have a towel? <laughs> and the day continued. So, And he wasn't even drunk. He just got lost in someone else's room. So, But anyway, after five, uh, five years, I decided that I am not going to have a job anymore. And at that time... I had already started uh, doing some web design work. I don't have much education, um, and I'm happy I didn't go through that system. But I did get support to have a couple of years on multimedia design. Um, I'm kind of an expensive private school in my in uh, in my town hometown. It was a it was a shitty school because the teachers was were not really on a good level. Mm-hmm. I ended up becoming a helper teacher instead and got my own office. After some time, um, I didn't get a job. So I started to get, you know, try to find my own jobs. And that's how it all started, basically, with the lifestyle that I have now. So at this time, I was running the Taekwondo Club. I quit my hotel job and I jumped in the ocean and I'm just hoping to swim. I would be able to make it. And I'm still swimming. So web design have been my main method of having freedom. That's a uh, that's a lot to take in, and as I'm listening to the story, there were some uh, observations that I made, and um, the the most the the most recent one that had, had come when you had said that you know you were um, you j- just uh, jumped into the water and you quit your hotel job, it reminds me of really some of my own personal experience is always that fear of like what's going to happen to me if this doesn't work out what's going to happen to me if i if i lose this position or if uh something if one of my dreams gets crushed or something along those lines and to not know what is the result of it on the other side keeps people from wanting to make any choice whatsoever sometimes it's better to uh to not risk to to not to not have to fail and small story over the last like 10 or 15 um i guess that i've had uh, I started this routine of like warning them that like we might have a power outage. And before the first time we had a power outage during a call, I was petrified that it would happen. I just, I couldn't like, ah, oh, man, please, I hope this happens. If it's going to surge, surge any other time. Uh, if I'm in the shower, no problem, do it. But please, not while I'm on the call. <laughs> well, three calls later, blah. Now, now I'm like, I have a good humor about it. I'm like, okay, well, this happens. At least I know how to deal with it. And it sounds like you have this inherent fearlessness to you because you've seen pretty well as bad as it's going to get. You've had some five stepfathers, 32-ish living situations, parts of your memory you can't recall. Um, the the first five years were like a write-off um, to the point where you might as well have started at five. I'm like, that's that's a lot for, for one person to, to deal with. And so it sounds like that fearlessness is now like really embedded in you because you know, I mean, at this point, what are you afraid of? Well, I can say that um, there's a lot of stuff I've left out. Um, I don't know, for this type of podcast, uh, it doesn't really matter to go into the nasty details, all the scary stuff that's been happening. Um, and I think that, you know, it leaves a programming in our uh, minds, in our bodies. It becomes a cell memory. 
I t- usually tell people I'm a hard mother bitch to hold down because I have, um, I've been dying and, you know, getting back up so many times. And, um, you know, we still have fear. I think I can share this with this audience too, even though the type of growth that I've gone through, um, we will probably get into some other details on the deeper stuff, but combine this with martial arts and have, you have to find your own way from when you are 15, 16, 17 years old. Um, it leaves some, probably some skills, people skills, especially, but you will always have, I, I think, and I'm trying to uncover that the last months, by, by reading and educating myself, there are still some reaction patterns that I have. But it's that now, actually, until now, it's just starting to fade out a little bit. So there are some kind of a fear. And I can I can tell people now that I'm not even sure where it comes from. I think there must have been a few really shocking events that I probably have buried in the backyard as a hillbilly that I don't even know what happened. But it, the, the body don't forget. The subconscious don't forget, and there's a cell memory in this. So it's not a big issue now, but, you know, it's just, um, I deal with things in and I'm, I'm doing pretty good, actually. I'm always, I've always been very emotionally stable and strong and, and, and solid in, in scary situations. And I think it comes from the, the past uh, because I've just trained myself to not freak out and at all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it was only a couple of episodes ago that I said the difference between an amateur and a professional is that you can't tell when a professional is having a panic attack. Like that's true. We all we all go through uh, we all go through anxieties. We all go through um, uh, issues that can be can be difficult to articulate. And what I've learned uh, talking to people who've reached levels um, that I aspire to is they're still human. Uh, there are still the, those, uh, those inherent fears. So when I asked, like, is there anything you're afraid of? That was, you know, somewhat flippant, but it's, it's interesting to know that you've had, um, uh, a cavalcade of experiences that mean the fears that you are experiencing are, I guess they're, for one, they're more primal. Like they, they seem to be more deeply embedded because of the things that had uh, imprinted at, uh, at an early age, uh, to the point where there it's, it, it takes work and it takes exploration to, uh, to dig that deep in uh, at some point. So yeah, I can I could probably say that one uh, one issue that's been following me for years is which is not uncommon though, but it's the ban- abandonment it have been a big mm-hmm. thing to be abandoned because I've always been abandoned. And I can also share with this audience that it just happened just a few months again. I lost my girl now in in uh, October uh, on a Friday, right in the middle of a movie date. She just left. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, completely uh, frozen and cold shock. And uh, it's just my second relationship in this life because it's really hard for me to actually choose someone. So that's also the reason I've been diving into the deeper stuff the last months and figure out maybe why this happens and um, focus on myself. Mm-hmm. So that's that's been the biggest fear probably yeah, or as a, something I can call it here is to be abandoned and, and miss or lose someone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to to hear that. Um, and I and I guess because I had already uh, unraveled that thread. And by the way, listeners, I hope uh, you all understand the nature of this conversation. I think is in 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 the course of all of the episodes that we've done. Uh, I'm I for one am much happier. Uh, I'm much more compelled to continue on this thread because I think this is an important part of understanding human psychology and and human behavior. So 
you guys, you're used to this by now. You you know what you know what I'm about. So uh, whatever the case is, thank you for uh, for being there for us as well. Um, so, anyways, getting back to the thread that I had opened up, which is like once you've experienced something, it's now you know what it's like. And so, what I will ask is having been uh, been fearful of abandonment, and then having um, your your or your significant other take off. What other uh, experiences or like how has that maybe shaped? some of uh, your, your mindset uh, after that point? Well, first of all, I remember when I was younger, I, I was saying that I'm never going to get married because uh, my mother was, she, she tried to have a happy married life five times. It never worked out. She became one of the saddest women I've seen. That's why she drank. And that's why cancer is produced by sadness or, or anger. Um, oh. That's something we know. So, so that's something to, uh, to understand. Um, and I have, and I guess I've been thinking that um, I will not keep that type of energy in my system, at least. So I don't fear that. It's not that. If I should mention another fear, it would be about, I, I don't have that anymore, but it would be not to repeat any history of any kind. That's why I always, um, you know, stayed away from drinking. I almost, I don't, never smoked, never done any drugs. I don't drink. Um, I can have a glass of wine or, or a beer, but it's very seldom. Um, but besides that, I think what's left of a fear now could probably be to not reach my goals. It's not really a fear because that creates resistance itself. I don't know what else that would be now. seems like I'm getting more and more solid. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's ongoing. Um, well, you know what, in the interest of, um, uh, quit pro quo, I'll, I'll, I'll share, you know, one of my longstanding issues. Cause you say that, you know, cancer is caused by sadness and anger. And my first reaction to that is, uh oh. Um, one of my main issues going through my life is that um, having been through a lot of institutional systems, school, college, uh, then uh, held down a couple of jobs uh, uh, here and there, uh, I, I have a hard time with uh, attacks, either perceived or actually tangible attacks. Uh, no, no one's ever actually gotten into a fight with me because most people actually think I'm crazy. But um, physically, physically, no. I mean, Anyway, my, my brother and I, we would, uh, we would duke it out, but you know, we're, we're brothers, we're kids. It's, it's part, it's part of that, but it's, it's all, it's all the verbal. And when somebody says, well, it's just words. I'm like, well, no, actually, no, there's physical sonic waves that are being projected from one person to another. So it's actually very physical. And so even to this day, um, I'm like deliberately not looking at a conversation, a group, uh, conversation that I'm a part of because I'm. I'm worried of someone responding to something that I said that I'm going to perceive as an attack, even if it's not. The intentions seem to have like no effect whatsoever. I don't care what the intention is. If it seems like an attack, I, 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 have, I, I have that reaction to it. And I have a huge cortisol spike. And I, far, far be it from anyone to expect uh, the person I'm talking to to have like the cure for it. But like, is that one, one that you've experienced as well? Have you maybe had a chance to deal with that? Because I imagine some of our listeners are dealing with it too. There's two things that come to my mind now. Um, this is an interesting topic too. And I'm going to go into a, a spiritual topic on that, which I guess is uh, more common and more, um, it's more interesting and open, people are more open for this now. But the first thing is um, I could kind of feel a, a, similar, a similar thing and that would be to be afraid of um, making sure that I don't say or do anything wrong. It's, it's like from before, is it okay that I exist? Is it okay that I'm in this room? Mm -hmm. I'm super afraid of saying something wrong or doing something wrong. And I can't remember that I've been physically beaten, like from a father or anything. 
but there's been violence. Uh, could I just stop you for one second? Because the one thing I did want to wonder is, um, have you ever had to defend yourself with your martial arts? Well, I have, but uh, not too physically. And I think the reason is that I ended, and I'm very aware of my my energy and my physical presence. The thing is that um, in a room, I'm basically do, I'm the I'm the boss when I claim it. In especially in a situation which I had many times at the hotel. And my energy seems to have such a presence that it just—it never turns out to be physical, mm-hmm. um, unless it's um, drunk people, and uh, you know you can't really uh, counterattack anything, especially there. But I've had guys that have been been so close up to my face that they touched my nose tip, and I've had uh, threats, but I haven't uh, had the need to do what I would do in a competition, by for example. Um, because that, you know, Taekwondo is pretty rough and hard. It's bone crushing. That's what we did for fun at times. We broke t- roof tiles. That's why I broke in my f- fist a couple of times in my toe. And we did it again after that. So we're trying to avoid that. But I've had um, the, the defense system is my energy and my voice in my eyes. That's all. Again, sorry to, to interrupt there with that one, but that one was kind of like, chambered yeah. for a while so so going back to, to your other thread you were saying that you know you you had never um experienced any kind of uh, uh, physical abuse from uh from say they one of the parental figures not physical uh more like emotional and words like you just mentioned now and that's why i think i maybe have some of the same reaction patterns as you have now i can stand uh, i mean now i can stand everything i don't give a shit anymore and uh, people just get it you know twice as strong back that's why I never get into trouble uh, because nobody ever, you know, nobody creates. Uh, I don't attract that kind of people either. So it's, it's not a problem. The second thing I want to mention when I talk to people about a topic like this, it is that like, for, for example, for you now, you have this energy signature in you and a reaction pattern for a reason. And it comes from the past. You didn't create this for fun. It comes from the past because your bodily system remembers it. That's why you react like this. What I say to people that if you want to figure this out, the source of this, you can go back in time. So normally we start to go back from our childhood to our childhood because, you know, things happen there and we get shaped and formed by the grown-ups and the surroundings and environment around us. But the case now is that we do know that you can go further back. You can count down to three, two, one, zero, and you can count backwards and you can go back to your previous life. And you don't even know if you actually are passing over memories from your past life that are still with you. And this is not, this is nothing new to understand past life situations. And I use this in my coaching because when people understand that things doesn't just happen in this life, it happens also in other lifetimes. Suddenly, people will find answers to questions they have had with personal traits and patterns they never figured out. They have no clue where it comes from. And there's so much information about past lives now. And there's so many children's stories, which we're now they even find evidence, you know. So we do know that um, we, we don't, we, we're not just living one life and think we're finished. Uh, we have several lifetimes. But everything we are today is the sum of our lives. That's why we have personalities and interests and traits passing along. So it could come from that for your for your part two. Yeah, well, 
the way I had came to the past life conclusion was uh, almost like reverse engineering where one day I was just thinking about what would I do differently if I were to come back and live this life again? Would I you know, date this person instead of this person? Would I get more into Super Smash Brothers and not less? Would I go to this high school and not that high school? Uh, the answer to all three was yes, I would go to a different high school. Uh, and yes, I would get more into Super Smash Brothers. That's actually like one of the main catalysts. And then I thought, well, hold on a second. If I'm already planning out the variables for my next life experience, what's stopping this from being the life experience that I had planned prior? Um, so some of my own theories also has to do with, and by, and by the way, um, this actually is part of what I had uh, mentioned to you before we started recording about positive and negative um, uh, graduation into higher dimensions. Uh, for those of you who maybe heard of like the raw contact or the book of raw, this is where uh, a lot of this comes from. And one of the, the ideas there is that, you know, we give ourselves these experiences, the self sets up this life for us so that we can learn so that we can have these experiences and take that knowledge back with us when we head back up into the, the higher dimension. So it's a bit of a of a of a, of a sensitive uh, um, a topic to bring to you because it would imply that yourself wanted you to have this experience so that you can uh, have a have major takeaways from it. Do you agree or disagree? And so, do you think that uh, what what do you think would be like the lessons at least so far that you wanted to uh, to teach yourself? Well, I agree with that completely, and it's a super interesting question and something I think it's also super useful for listeners because I have no problem with my past, with all the fuckery that's been happening. Um, and all the people that I could say have done wrong to me, I don't hate them at all because I have chosen, that's why I, how I see this. I've chosen this timeline, this, this lifeline you could see for a reason. And when I understand that I came here for another episode in this incarnation to have a certain red thread of a topic which could be abandonment in this life everything makes sense and when i tell people you know sometimes when people can take that kind of a joke well sorry but you created this yourself you know that when i say mm -hmm. that and when we talk about the topic it doesn't mean that they created it on purpose a few months ago it's a choice we made before we came here because we choose our own parents for a reason so that we can have a certain lifeline outcome, mm -hmm. which brings about circumstances so that we can get the teachings and lessons we need and meet the people we meet. That's why we also meet some of the same souls over and over because we are reincarnated into the same soul group. And that's why people walk along their life path one day and suddenly bump into a person, the body, the, the your higher self recognize the soul from before and you will have a instant chemical reaction or or a love connection or a hate connection depending on what the past life was so that's why we can sometimes synchronize with people um, but yeah everything um everything that have happened to me even now what happened in october with my girl which i treated like a queen and we had a wonderful relationship never any fuss that happened also for a reason. So um, it doesn't make things feel better, but it makes sense. Mm -hmm. it, it helps to, to process uh, yeah. the information. And I'm in control mm -hmm. of my life.
I'm going to shift gears. So what I want to get into is to the the nomad lifestyle. Um, you know, we're having this call. You're in uh, Thailand right now. How, how long have you been there in Thailand? We came here first time in 2019. 2019. Okay. Yeah. So the stories there, there is my girl, she, uh, she's from the United States and um, she found me on one of my YouTube videos. Um, she then discovered my Instagram account and she found an image with a book I read by Dolores Cannon about past lives. And she started chatting. She immediately came to Norway to visit. She could only stay for three months because of tourist visa. Mm-hmm. So after three months uh, in Norway, it's insane when it comes to prices and fees. So we just abandoned the whole country. Uh, and she had done some research on Chiang Mai in Thailand, which easily comes up as a nomad, you know, uh, city for people like us. And we left and um, we stayed, we ended up staying here for six months. And then I, we traveled back to Norway. I packed all my crap up. We threw away 80% of my stuff and we went back to Thailand and uh, we have been here now for a year. What I'm wondering about the the pattern of um, going from place to place was established pretty early on. I, I guess what would, what would have been the longest amount of time that you had spent anywhere? Would it have been like uh, in Norway for like a, a good a good chunk of time? You mean for traveling like this, this type of lifestyle? Or? Yeah, so uh, there's there's a part of it that was basically out of your control, uh, and then yes, people yes. get to the point where that's in your control. And so, briefly, I'm also wondering if there was like a middle point between those two where uh, you actually hadn't been traveling either by choice or by consequence. Well, I could say that you know I've been traveling before for short trips. You know, you go for holidays and stuff like that. I had some uh, had some trips. Um, that was you know you feel like you're in control and it's nice to to travel and stuff. But this time, when we actually felt that we had to get out of the whole Schengen zone, that was not fun at all. It was super scary because the only thing we had going to Thailand was a three-day Airbnb, and we had no clue where to live. That was not fun at all. Because the problem is with me then is that I need, I, I've always had, had the need to have control of my home place because we've been tossed around all our, you know, our whole life. So, so my apartment in Norway, I had that for 17 years. The same apartment, renting from an old lady, 17 years I didn't move. So to suddenly you know, just leave the country and come to Thailand when you have never been before, that was nasty. But everything just got in the flow when we came here and turned out really well. Mm-hmm. And as you said too, that it was like, it was... Form, uh, formatted, I guess it was. It, it, it's built expecting the, uh, the the nomad lifestyle. So, what is it exactly about? Um, sorry, what was the name of the city again? Chiang Mai is uh, Chiang Mai. Okay, yeah. So, so what is it about that town that seems to encourage uh, that particular lifestyle? Well, I can tell you that a typical thing for people that come here, like people like us, it is seekers. So, when we talk about the spiritual topics, it's a it's a it's a kind of a perfect blend and mix mix of those people because it's it's. And I can tell, I can actually tell you, all the England people from England and all the people from the United States that I met, nobody wants to go back. People come to Chiang Mai because it's up north in Thailand, by the way. Um, it's it's uh, it's it's big here, but it's you don't get the big city feeling. It's not like Bangkok. It's peaceful. It's good energy, and uh, Thai people is wonderful. 
they have a totally different energy than people in Norway. They are open. They are smiling always. You know, uh, you're really welcome. Uh, it's soft energy around here. Chiang Mai is a city with over 300 temples just in the city. So you can imagine that it leaves an imprint and kind of an energy grid in itself. So it is a place that I would say it's perfect for nomads because it's cheap, very cheap. Um, but the technology is um, top modern. Internet here is so much better in Norway. Yeah, your internet's really good. Like you're you're on like a 1080p camera if my eyes uh, don't deceive me. Yeah, I mean, this is a slow line here in my condo. I'm living actually a pretty luxury condo compared to what Thai people are used to. Really nice condo here. I pay I pay 15,000 baht a month, which I will try to convert to US dollars now. That would be $500 a month here for a new a new condo outside we got a gym and we got a pool really nice like a sand garden outside that, and i'm renting an expensive place compared to what other people do it's mm-hmm. three minutes on my scooter to a yellow co-working space which is brand new internet lines um on my last coffee shop visit was 600 megabit and i got 70 here in the condo it's uh it's a perfect place to work because uh, the energy of people coming here, the nomad people, um, they are really open. They are interesting people. They are looking for some deeper meaning of life, almost everybody of them. And Chiang Mai have a really good blend of a uh, good place to work, eat, live, and grow spiritually if you want to mix your your freelance lifestyle with more mindfulness practices. Well, uh, I don't know about, uh, about you listeners, but uh, that is uh, one heck of a pitch. Like, Wow, I, I'm just—I never heard of the this uh, city before. But what, what one thing I wanted to get into, and I think this is as good as a transition as any, is the client base that that you attract. I happen to think that some of the the energy you put out is, uh, in its own way, it's filtering the energy that is coming to you, seeking your guidance. And that's also something that I encourage uh, on the on the program as well. Is I don't realistically expect listeners to check out every single person that I interview, uh, just, just, just not that kind of time. But I do expect listeners to check out the people that they really connect with. And putting out the energy that you do, I imagine that you you, you connect with those people. So you can just you can tell me like if the, the, the stats don't support that. Um, but you get people who I think are more definitely in, in my position, uh, who are sedentary, been in one place pretty much the whole time. Um, I'm, I'm 31 years old now. I've been living in this apartment for like six months. And then I've been living in my parents' place for the rest of it. So for me, that that routine is, it's so, um, it's it's such a major component of my life to the point where I don't think there will be another routine that can match that. Like, I don't know if I can live in another place for that long. Um, it's, it's, and, and the other thing too, is that it doesn't, um, it's, it's, it's a little harder to discern the different chapters of our lives. Like, I mean, high school chapter, college chapter, this job chapter, that job chapter, but it all tends to be more condensed by always coming back to the one uh, home place. Anyways, that's a lot of like me just kind of like spilling it. So let me just get back to the question. The question is, have you had the chance to help people maybe more in my position adopt the nomad lifestyle um, through the coaching and through what you teach them? Um, is it been more like just giving them the tools and they figure it out for themselves? Do pe- have you do you have examples of people who actually like make that uh, make that leap? Yeah. 
I do, and it's I can I can tell you it's my it's my main uh, concept of my coaching, and I can also share that it's been it's been a challenge for me to put a name and a label of on what I do for people. So to clarify this now, now you know that my uh, my my backstory, and also you understand that I look at reality differently. I cannot have a job. I need to work for myself. I'm good at technical stuff and computers. Web design is um, is uh, a good method for that. But I also focus on the deeper parts of life because I'm not. I can't just live by society's shallow, limiting belief systems and norms. What make me happy? And there's more and more people now that we call it waking up. Most people have heard about that now. To understand that uh, what the government and the school system have told us is not necessarily correct. So how do I put a label on that? I mean, web design has been my main way of having freedom because it's been, work is always coming to me. I have never promoted anything. I, I don't market in any way. Work is just coming in the door. Because of that, I could just leave Norway, right? And come here and I can even live cheaper and a higher quality of life. But when it comes to um, my the other life arena which goes into mindset and spirituality and life choices um how do i combine i can how do i combine this so but yeah i am what i do for people mostly now is to first focus on the mindset what do people what do you believe what do you believe about you, yourself and about life because that's going to determine where they are going next um, we live in a reality where people, where most people have limited belief systems because of the system we get pushed through. You know, school is crap with that. Uh, there's nothing in the school system that focuses on you, where you come from and why you are here and your personal qualities and skills. Self-discovery and deeper insights is not even part of it. You just push through the system to get a job, mostly. So how do I combine that? So a typical thing. Let's let's let me use an example from one of my taekwondo students in Norway. Many of them are coming back to me the last years because they don't fit in. One of them even go to therapy because school crushed him totally. But one of them, one of the guys, Andy, uh, a wonderful guy, that was so different that four times he was digging himself out from kindergarten when he was four. He couldn't be there. He could never have a job. He could not go to school. It was just a mess. He ended up going into drugs because the system tried to push him through with the rest of the sheep herd. And after many years of failing and being in drugs and and uh, into drugs and and um, just sitting at home with his parents, he contacted me because he saw that I posted a book about Buddha on Facebook many years ago. And he reached out and he wanted to talk, and I recognized him. And I immediately understood that, okay, it's one of the awakened ones. We do not fit in. So what I've done for him is to, um, basically, it's just being a friend. That, that was enough. And I confirmed a, a whole bunch of his understandings about life. Um, and he was, he was a fresh soul with so much built-in knowledge, which is why so many people like us can't, we just don't fit in. It just doesn't feel right. And something is pushing us, right? So how how are you, how are they going to make it? If you don't fit into the system, what's your options? 
Well, first of all, I take through people a mindset shift to understand that the deeper part of them are real and they should honor that and they should go even deeper with it so they can be an example for others. And it's the truth for them. You can't dig that down in the backyard, like I say, like a hillbilly, because it's just a fist is going to come up through the ground one day. And then we look at um, what are their personal qualities and skills and how we can put that into a project or an online business. And that's that's where the combination come in. I help people set up a website typically, create a product. You know, I have a whole bunch of knowledge about integration or, or system I can integrate into a website, online platforms. And we let them grow that way. They can really become themselves and they can have their online business so they can have their freedom. That's how I kind of combine it. And that's how I focus on things. I hope that makes sense for people. Yeah. One of the things that I read when I was looking at your website too, is that by by getting people into web design, it's uh, a, if they don't have the technical knowledge, it's, it's fine. Uh, if they don't have the, the design uh, knowledge either. It's also fine. So web design is something that pretty much anybody can uh, can adopt. And for the most part, I think most people can justify having a website. So what kind of uh, content or what kind of websites do you end up um, helping people build? So one thing, just want to make sure that I'm crystal clear on this, the ratio of like ones you build for them or the ones that you help them build? Is it more the former or more the latter? Well, usually most of the work that I get is, um, you mean for clients, yeah. web design clients? Yeah, it's the either uh, redesign. Uh, it's been a lot of e-commerce with Shopify. Um, and sometimes it's a completely brand new website from an idea that people have because they want to start something. It's been a mix. It's been a lot of beginners. Um, yeah. And, um, and how they find me, I don't know. It's just, they discover me probably through reputation or online search could be. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe word of mouth. I mean, do you recall maybe like what was some of the first, how some of the first clients found you? You could say that I had a network of course, because I had kind of a face in my hometown because of Taekwondo and all the shows we had in town. I also did film production for a few years and I was hanging out of helicopters and, um, following, um, class one offshore boats. And, uh, that gave me some, um, connections. So I started just talking to people and it's basically what I put into my course too now. How do you get your first client? So that's, I think that, that must be it. I, I started talking to people and I did, I did a couple of jobs and people started talking and more came to me. That's how it all began. Yeah. I mean, I mean, me with the, the clients that I, uh, that I had earned over, um, over the six or seven years that I was doing freelancing, it was like some some of them were were word of mouth. Usually, what it would happen is I had to get like a keystone client, um, somebody who had his own or his or her own set of uh, connections. As like one keystone client ended up leading to like three or four other uh, potential uh, potential jobs. Some of which came through, some of which didn't. Um, but I used all I went I went all over um, Upwork, Fiverr. Um, local Craigslist too actually turned out to be one of the best places for me because at the end of the day, the important part was making sure that I'm really connecting with the people uh, that I'm going to work with. I mean, getting into podcast editing is like, there are more lucrative career <laughs> paths that I can take. <laughs> yeah. That was my logic at the time. And <laughs> interestingly, podcasting has actually turned pretty lucrative. So, uh, so I'm going to give myself a quick pat on the bat on that one. I want to ask about the the motion effect. Now, is 
Is this something that we've already talked about? We just didn't name it, or is mo- the motion effect something in particular that we can uh, we can address? Yeah, we can. I mean, it's basically what we talked about. So, John Pro is me as a web designer. Oh, okay, basically. okay, yeah. So, because the, the the challenge for me, like I basically mentioned now, is that I had a it was it was challenging for me to use MotionEffect.com to promote web design when I talk about mindset shifts. So I wanted to, I basically started uh, playing with stuff in 2019 when we came to Chiang Mai. And that's when I signed up JohnMike.pro domain and I basically separated it because I wanted to have focus on the web, me as a web designer. Not that I need to promote anything, but I I want to have clear things, you know, organized in a clear way. So that's that's the web designer, JohnMike.pro. And then motion-effect.com is where I have cleaned up the website to talk about mindset shifts i i think i just want to make sure that i got the name for this because i did write it down it was well i because i know that you have like your 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 connection right i think it's something along the lines of a tribe and i and i know that you also offer like a, a life hacks and i actually thought when i first started doing this show way back i thought i was going to ask people all the time about life hacks and i'm not doing that uh, but um, maybe are there any particular ones that uh, you'd be willing to share with our audience that are just like really good and actionable? Life hacks, you mean for improving life in general or to for freelance work? If there's an answer to both, I would be happy to hear one of each. I have a few um, options that I keep returning uh, to, which I think is super important. And uh, I can connect that with the time we are in now. And this is not for everybody. But it's going, it doesn't matter what people believe in. It's going to affect everybody, whether they want it or not. And this is not something new. I'm not bringing in any news here. Um, you can connect this to the Mayan calendar. And um, a lot of ancient old text, even the Bible, for people who know the Bible. But that we are in a time where there would be a great shift. And um, this is not something hippie news. People are made up. It's coming from ancient knowledge. And we are right in that time now which means that there will be a big shift on the planet on many levels. And that, and I, I am pretty sure many of your listeners have had some experiences the last months, unexpected shifts and unexpected separations from the old, which can include places they live, the job they had, someone they loved, family. There are separations going on because the old is going to be separated from the new, the new earth. Hmm. And... You just have to relax with that and honor that. And one of the life hacks, which can be dramatic for some people, that is to make sure that you will make it through this time without creating too much resistance is to be open for it and understand that we are more than just our bodies. And there's a spiritual shift on the planet which affects our bodies and mind. And to live through that in a good way, one of the best things would be to start considering your closest friends and family. There might be some people you may have to um, gently leave. So start to associate with people that benefit you instead, people you want to become like. That's one way. Clean up the uh, type of information and knowledge you stuff in your mind. Stop watching the news. Um, The pandemic we have been through now, the thing is that when you start to do your own research, and I've done it for years, you don't really believe anything you served anymore. I'm mm-hmm. not too much into the pandemic madness. The only thing I know that the pandemic is if, about fear. Stop watching the news. 
start filtering information like shitty entertainment and stuff your mind with some good books that's going to rewrite your mindset so you can feel better. Clean up your eating because if you're going to make it in this shift and have a bright mind to make the new choices you want to make, you should at least make sure that you um, have a pretty clean body system because it's going to, I mean, we know now that the gut is connected to the brain and can create depression, silent depression. So to try to eat pretty clean, that helps because you can think more clearly and and uh, make smarter decisions. So that's basically my main life hacks now, and that's going to make some profound changes. Filter out people, places, food, and knowledge. Super important, and it's going to upgrade your life immensely. One thing, uh, so just so our listeners understand, is I'm totally on uh, John's side on this. I, I mean, for me, my I had some pretty significant changes in the last year, uh, which I characterize by the work that I get to do here. Um, have I called it a job? Yes, numerous times. Do I have, have any negative or positive associations with it? Eh, mostly positive. But that aside, yes, this is. I don't fully know what it is that's that's happening, and I definitely don't know when it's going to happen. But there is something going on. And you feel one of, I guess like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, uh, 100%. And then like me, I've been like, I, I, I think it was, a, for me, it was, it was around like 2016. Uh, I started, I started to notice that like, if I really wanted to connect with higher dimensions and try to get knowledge from like the upper planes, um, there's a, there's a practical way to do it, which is to have dreams. And then I realized, well, how does how, somebody have good dreams? Well, exercise, diet, um, surround yourself with, with people that, um, uh, th- that are good for, good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will make a, like a, a small caveat not that I'm d- disagreeing with you in particular, but I do like, I try to make sure that I have a few people in my life who like push back against me just to make sure that I like, you know, I've, I've got like some of that resistance in there. And so all of these things are, uh, have started to culminate and, uh, yeah, there, I'd love to see what's going to, uh, 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 you know where where we're going from this, and it, and it seems like it, the timing of it will probably coincide with like when the pandemic is finally like in the past. Um, and I do theorize that the only way for us to really get past the pandemic is to actually not wait for the government to tell us and to just like yeah. say up. okay yeah this the 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 virus. Me personally, I, I I definitely believe that the virus is real, but I believe that in order to deal with it we have to fight it uh we can't you don't win a war by hiding in the basement and letting yourself get bombed constantly you win a war by 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 fortifying yourself you know get uh, get sunshine get zinc and uh, i mean i haven't even had a cold in two years so i've been seeking years either so yeah uh and 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 all of these things um it's it's important because and and i've and i've mentioned this on, on previous episodes but Let's say that we reach our, our our goals or our milestones. There's more in the future, but let's say we, you know, we we nail it and we and we have the the freedom that uh, that John here has uh, has achieved. Well, if our mind isn't together, then that's going to come crumbling down because the pressure will mount and there's more responsibility to, to deal with in its own way. Especially because we are now independent. So you've got to have like you're, you got to have the inside ready to go because it is not going to be easy. Sorry, I, I think at this point you might want it to to uh, 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 to weigh in on any of that. Well, I just recognize what you're saying. It's um, the thing is that when you just suddenly we're not used to this, we're not taught to choose ourselves. 
in life. We're told what to do. Suddenly, when you come to a point where you want to maybe leave your job, create something for yourself, you have to choose yourself and you have to create your own routines and your own success habits. We don't have too much time left, um, but I've got a couple more like uh, tidbits and stuff that I want to uh, extract from you because uh, my goodness, am I so glad I got to talk to you, really. Um, one of them, this is like a small extraction, but I noticed on your email, it's actually like beep at uh, I think it was like Be Bad John Mac. And I've never yeah. seen that before. And usually, like me, I, I would be like, I don't know, like info or contact or I don't know, do you need a hug at uh, emailaddress.com? So I was, just, I was just wondering, like, why'd you go with the uh, beep? I, I kind of get it, like, but like, yeah, where did that come from? Well, first of all, you remember it, obviously, which is good. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of saying fuck, uh, it's kind of beeped out. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm not keeping track or anything, but I think we've had uh, six uh, F-bombs over the course of the uh, entire series. <laughs> and I, okay, I, so I, not I, into the stats. Okay. I'm yeah, proud. It's, hopefully it'll get to the point where I lose track, or maybe not. Anyways. <laughs> well, now you know. Nobody asked about that before. So, And I can tell you, people have named me, named me Beep. They call me Beep. I think it's my first name. Because of your, uh, your, your, your pattern of behavior there? No, 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 because it says uh, beep in, in uh, the email address. They think it's actually my name. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, <laughs> I, my, my thread went the other way. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Um, so the next one I wanted to ask, and this is one of the ones, like, one, one of the things I learned about with proper lucid dreaming and, and heightened connection is, like, minimize toxin use. And, uh, and caffeine was, like, right up in there on that list. Um, but I, I know that you, you love your coffee. So um, I'm just wondering, like, what's your healthy relationship with coffee? Are you like a one a day drinker? Do you just use it when you need it? Is it like a luxury for you? We call it a luxury, um, but I stick with a couple of cups uh, per day, not too much coffee at all. I can, I don't want to have it and I can't have it, but I like coffee because, especially in Chiang Mai, because uh, there's so much, so many local farms here, so the coffee is really cultivated in a nice way. And um, yeah. It's a great place. There's, and it's amount amount uh, amount of coffee shops here. Huge amount of coffee shops. High-level coffee shops. Really nice styled. And also coffee shops that are really local, old, good-looking ones. Mm -hmm. But yeah, two cups per day is enough. Yeah, I mean, you know, not to uh, not that it's a competition or anything, but I've got the Nescafe Taster's Choice Instant Coffee. I'm just saying, it's not, <laughs> it's actually not bad. Like I, like, I would like something instant coffee. I would open up and I would smell it and be like, oh, oh, this is uh, an emergency. But like, yeah, this one, this actually smells not bad. So uh, I think I'm down to maybe my last or uh, last couple of ones. Uh, this was more like a a, a broad reaching one. The question itself is really like what it was about web design in particular, and the reason why I ask about web design in particular is because there's a, it's just this is a stereotype straight up. Um, but I think you can understand where it comes from. It's the idea that like the more spiritual someone is, the more likely they are to reject not only the capitalistic society that we're running, but like any form of commerce whatsoever. I mean, eventually everybody like has got to find some way to pay the bills, but you know people are like that. But then you got people who are like completely secular. And they also reject society for their own reasons. So you get people of all sorts. So I'd like to know about like the convergence of your spiritual beliefs and your, you know, your own skills as well. And how did you like end up exactly with the uh, with web design as your as your pursuit? I think it just became like that because when I, I can tell you when I had these two first years of multimedia design, I wanted to focus on video for web at that time for some reason, which was not easy. I started. I started with Dreamweaver and HTML code. Oh my goodness! I haven't in <laughs> years. Uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. Macromedia. Yeah, let's take a moment in silence here. 
Um, that was a long time ago. Don't tell anybody, but I still have Flash on my computer. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> I remember Flash. Yeah. So I think it just became, uh, it came to that. And of course, it was a time also when more and more people needed um, websites. And I think when I sit down and talk to people, I'm pretty good at sharing my energy. So people will get hyped up about what I offer them or what we can do with this. That's how I got into it. And I'm really, in general, I'm technically capable with when it comes to computers and, and software. So it was easy to learn. Um, so I think that, that must have been, uh, it must have been a way. I'm really good at also selling into people without overselling or try to have them pay huge sums for something they don't need, but be honest and motivate them and see how this can be good for them. So John, we're like, we we're, we're out of time. Um, I, I, I can't thank you enough for having this opportunity to talk to you. Um, the, the final question is always like, it's one of the two traditions. The other one was the beginning one. This is the end one, but I'm going to modify it a little bit. Cause there's one extra thing I want to, I want to uh, find out from you. So usually what I ask is if you have any parting words of wisdom, any, but not that you haven't like spent the last hour giving us wisdom, but just in case there's like any other things you want to do to summarize, put a bow on any of it by all means. Um, the, the modified version of this question is any book recommendations. Uh, the one I, I did write down, um, past life, I think it was uh, Dolores Canning. If I got that right. I think, um, it may not be for beginners, but I mean, it's super interesting books because it's all, the books are all recordings. They're written from recordings, live recordings from clients talking about what's happening in their past lives. And if people knew all this, they would have a totally different feeling about life and death and why it's all happening. I, I was told um, briefly, sorry, I know you're about to answer the question, but I was told briefly that like, depending on where we have like birthmarks, that's actually how we got killed in the last life. And I've got a big birthmark on my chest. So I think I was impaled. So that's the only clue that I've got so far. That happens. And there's even um, Indian children that has been discovered with physical defects that have been tracked back to previous lives because there's a cell memory, there's an energetic memory there. So. And then, um, so yeah, if, if you got any other books you want to uh, toss onto the list and then let people know how they can uh, find your content and get in touch with you. Yeah, there's one book I, I think I would like to recommend. One thing I talk a lot about these days is manifesting your life. People have to get their shit together with knowing that they have so much more power than they think. And I think for people listening to this podcast, um, it's probably people that want freedom. If they could choose, they would like to travel and work wherever they want from their laptop on a coffee shop, if they want. And creating websites is one of the easiest ways without coding or design skills. But to make these choices, you have to understand that you have all the power. And when it comes to understanding how powerful we are, there's a mystical, weird Russian author, modern author, um, that wrote a book on a topic called reality transurfing. I recommend that. If you really want to understand what's actually happening in the moment you start to think a thought and how that's starting to manifest and become a physical reality, you will understand that whatever you put your mind to now from today, it's going to create that reality if you keep focusing on it. Reality transurfing. That's the concept. And that's a book. You find it on Amazon. So... The Russian author um, is on is actually a scientist on a metaphysical level. So um, that's going to 
make a big impact in people's life. I think that's as uh, as much as we can get out of you. I know it's late there, so I assume that you want to start uh, start winding down. Uh, so, John, uh, once more for the road, uh, thank you so much for your time. And um, sorry, I, you ended up with saying the book. Just let people know uh, how to find you. Yeah, so I got two websites, depending on what you want to know. JohnMac.pro is me as a web designer. You can take a look. And for people who want to learn web design and, and make an income from that, there's a free, free download, a blueprint. If you want uh, to fortify yourself and have a more mind-expanding experience, motion-effect.com would be the website. Okay, terrific. Uh, well, listeners, uh, I'm certain that we've given you plenty to think about and hopefully just as much to act on so you know what to do. Thanks again. Take care and we'll check in soon. Thanks for listening. You might have found this show on many number of platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or right here on Debutify. Whatever the case, if you enjoy this content and want to help us thrive, please take a few moments to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you think is best. We also want to hear from you, so whether you think you'd be a good guest or want to weigh in on anything related to our show, you can email podcast at debutify.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Finally, this podcast is created by the passionate team at Debutify. If you're ready to take the plunge into e-commerce or are looking to up your game, head over to debutify.com and see how it can change your life and the lives of many through what you do next.